Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Everyone, thanks again for tuning back in to the Speckled Truth Podcast. As you recall, part one of this two-part episode was last week, and so this is our second part of that conversation with Captain Richard Rutland. So hopefully you enjoy, and we'll pick right up where we left off. Tight lines. The good thing about it, though, is we're you know we're in the age now where you can at least have that conversation. That's right. You know, and and it's something that's. You, let's have a conversation about it, right? Uh, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you oppose or agree, uh, man, let's just talk about it. And, and at the time growing up, that was never part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think yep. that's where I think we, from you. an evolution of a, maybe an angling or an, uh, whoever we are uh, from as anglers, I think we're kind of evolving uh, to maybe just be a little bit more conscious about what we do. You know, I tell you how we thing. interact with some, each other is oh, completely yeah. different, but at least we're having some conversation as opposed to before we just weren't. I, I tell you one thing I've really tried to do. Um, just one thing I think about with conservation of your bigger fish in Alabama, why I think maybe we're a little bit behind everybody else is their. I look at Florida and I look at Texas primarily, those two states, and most all of their tournaments, like their their tournament formats, include bringing the fish in alive, mm-hmm. putting it in the live well, bringing it in alive. You I mean figuring out that entire process? That's yep. not an easy feat by any means, and uh, and then releasing the fish at the end of the day because, you know, I know the Alabama deep sea fishing rodeo that I'm a part of. I tell you when it really started to to uh let's see uh really click in my brain about it was when i was guiding and then i was the only guy on the rodeo site who knew how to clean fish and i would literally clean a hundred fish over five pounds a day sometimes uh it in it you know what i mean and it kind of got to where like at the end of it i was like man somebody else has got to do this i can't yeah i can't clean all these fish you know it's just it, it make me it made me sick to my stomach yeah uh, after a couple of years of doing that, and um, have y'all adopted any? Yeah, so that's that's what I was kind of kind of get at so, was um, I I was president in 2016, so I think it was two years before that. So about 13 or 14, I incorporated a live weigh-in, and man, I'm gonna tell you, I can't, I, you know, a uh, a legal pad wouldn't be enough lines on a piece of paper that of of people that told me I couldn't do it you know which I almost did it more out of spite at that point you know what I mean like man there's no way and I was fishing with uh you know Bob uh Averscato and I just started fishing together and every time we fished a tournament it didn't matter whether you had to keep them alive or not for a tournament's sake we did it anyway and uh, brought them up in a bag weighed them released them right there in front of everybody and it was real neat to kind of see everybody uh, not everybody, but a bunch of anglers follow suit with that. 
And so I started that in the Alabama Deep Sea Fishing Rodeo, and we've, uh, man, we've gone through all, we, we started out uh, weighing in live fish in horse troughs, like 100-gallon yeah. horse troughs, you know, with bubble machines uh, uh, hanging off the sides, you know, and now we've got a, uh, now we've got like a 400-gallon a uh, tank, kind of like uh, yeah. the, the same guys who built your, yeah. uh, built uh, the tank. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the Killer Dot guys uh, built built us a real big, pretty tank. Um, so we got our own tank. We've been doing that for, you know, for six or seven years now, probably longer than that. My All my years run together these days. But uh, What's the response? Like, what's the public response man, it's to crazy. that? Man, it's crazy. It's just, in, it's, it gets bigger and bigger every year. More and more and more and more live trout are coming in. Um, you know, we've tried several different formats with it and, um, and now we've gone down to a slot, um, only weighing slot size fish in the tournament in general. So we're not killing any fish over 22 inches, uh, anymore, but, uh, we, we've got a contest to see who can weigh in the most live fish and, uh, and then you're having guys, you know, I mean, multiple, multiple teams that are weighing in. It's a three day tournament. You can only keep six per day on your stringer having multiple guys weigh in 18 fish wow over three day period yeah um to uh what we call it the race to 18 you know who can weigh in the most most live fish and whatnot and we have our whole tank full and we're we're releasing hundreds hundreds of speckled trout yeah and uh and then we got other people just bringing you know just because bringing in fish alive is a thing now we got people bringing in uh uh triple t uh blackfish alive we yeah. call them blackfish in yeah. alabama i hate calling them triple tail but uh black we got guys bringing in blackfish alive flounder alive redfish alive no like all, all 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 of our really pre premier inshore species folks are bringing them alive so it's just you know it's kind of hell yeah uh, i feel like i'm spread you know yeah. trying to trying nah. to spread and grow the Grow the mentality, yeah. You know, so it was that at this event back in 2012, uh, I fished a CCA red trout shootout. It was literally the only trout tournament I've ever fished, and I just come. I'd finished up fishing redfish tournaments, and um, I had worked the Matrix Shad booth the year before, and I, I know Chaz, and and I've seen this before, and and in a New Orleans boat show and a Louisiana Sportsman show. People would have ice chests full of dead trout, and you know it, it's obviously a draw. It stops people. You start a conversation. You may be able to sell product and talk to them about your product, whatever, whatever. And so in 2012, I got orders to go be stationed over at uh, at Randolph in Texas. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fish this one red trout shootout. I was on a really good string of big fish, and <clears throat> I remember weighing it in i'm like i'm gonna weigh these fish in alive and everybody's like yeah right my buddy kyle perry's working a boat uh, uh booth with us today so i had a 120 quart ice chest because we had just got done fishing redfish red yeah. so we we modified 120 quart uh to a basically an ice chest live well with the spray bar hooked up to an aerator i mean it was pumping man and so i had it to like a, a little lawnmower battery and so i went fishing uh, the, the event started at midnight and I was wade fishing at night front beach. Um, and so I started wade fishing at night and ended up catching a five, five. So it was biggest trout and then best three in a slot, which was at the time, 18 to 22, real small slot. Yeah. So I had, I think it was right at almost 10 pounds and for the three trout in the slot. And then my big fish 
was a 25 and a half, like 5.55 or something like that. And I weighed them all in alive. And I had to, I kept them in the Matrix Shad booth. Mm -hmm. And people throughout the show were like opening the live ice chest and like, oh my God, that's the biggest trout I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, when are you going to go weigh it in? And so when I went and like actually weighed it in, the crowd <laughs> from this show was like, like up to the stage right and waited in and it's i pull it out of the uh the ice chest it's like dangling on my boga grip and i put it in there it's like flopping around like you know Bassmaster or whatever it is and then i walked it right across the street and i released them all probably not you know looking back now especially with uh, mississippi gulf coast research lab they're like managing ph levels and all, <laughs> all this stuff i'm like well i just released them so anyway so that was really the key component to us having a live fish tank because the draw that it had of just having a trout that's alive in your booth, um, and people may never see a five-pound trout. People may never – we're going to have a 10-pound trout here. Right. Most people in the world that fish for trout ain't, ain't ever going to see a 10-pound trout. Now, granted, we didn't catch it. Right. It's grown in a hatchery, but, you know, um, the amazing part is, man – you know, it's just a lot cooler to see him alive than it is dead. And so for the Alabama deep sea fishing, you know, rodeo initiating that and seeing the public response, it's not a shocker to me, but it's awesome to see you do it and be successful and then ultimately grow that. That's right. Uh, I tell you one thing you just kind of said was something about the, uh, the research laboratory, you know, how they, they might think it might be the re the, the right pH or, yeah. or this, that, and the other thing, you know, the, the thing I always want to accomplish with, with, with any of that is just folks to try, you know what I'm saying? Try and like Captain Bobby always brought up, do something for the fish. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Who's doing anything for the fish? We're just trying to get better at catching them, you know, but we do need to do something to kind of keep them, keep them there. And I'd like to think that with me incorporating that into Alabama Deep Sea Fishing Rodeo, several other tournaments have kind of started to bring that uh, along. Another contributor to your show, Patrick Garmison. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. We have he, – he's, um, he's not a mandatory live weigh-in, but – you get a bump. You get a quarter pound bump every time that uh, that your fish is alive. When you weigh in your five fish for the day, and for the most part, every year that Bobby and I have fished that together, we get our full bump. Yeah. On on our trout every year, and so it's, it's three fish or five. It's five. five. Okay. And um, that's big. And it, oh yeah, you get you know, um, two and a half pounds yeah. over two days. Jeez. The cool thing about it, though, is you're in a position of influence, you know, with Alabama Deep Sea Fishing uh, Rodeo and, and, and all that stuff, right? And, and getting involved, you're in a position of influence to make those, and it's refreshing to hear, I wouldn't say, a, no offense, a young guy, because you've been in it, man, for more than a decade. I yep. mean, that, that's fishing full-time. I can only imagine. I don't do it. Man, that's a wear and tear, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I got so, some miles on it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> You know, let alone like a, you know, like a Watkins or an Abrascato who's probably 30, 40 years, man, in the industry. I oh, mean, that's yeah. invaluable. But, man, it, being at position of influence, being a young guide but long enough in the seat, kind of, again, having that position of influence to influence others around you and not shaming others but having that influence around you and kind of seeing the result, man. I, I wish you 
freaking the best of luck, man. That's the thing, man. You said the thing about shaming, shaming folks, man. You do that, they're gonna they're gonna turn around and be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to kill some fish," you know, kind of kind of thing. That's not the approach, you know. Just for anybody who's listening to us, guides, other tournament anglers, whatnot, shaming folks is not the way to go about it, man. It's just uh, providing positive influence on everybody. I feel like is is is. I mean, I've I've seen it amongst my friends that are guides, you know, like the up-and-comers, like the guys who, yeah, you know, I've been guiding for, I don't know, I guess this is my 13th, 14th year or something like that. And uh, and I've got guys who are like three, four, or five years in or something like that. And, and I'm already seeing these guys kind of take on the same mentality and whatnot. It doesn't take long to kind of figure out, you know, yeah. uh, when you're doing it for a couple of years. Like, hey, man, that guy knows what he's talking about and doing, you know, and he's pretty much calling – Calling the calling calling the shot sometimes. That's kind of what I saw in uh in, in Bobcat, you know. Yeah. Uh when when I when I was an up and comer, you know, I mean like I said, I'm just I'm like still starstruck to this day that I guy's my tournament partner, you yeah. know what I mean? And I, I get to learn from that wealth of knowledge. So uh are we gonna talk about any fishing on this thing or are we just gonna talk about uh science and uh and nerd stuff? We're at an hour and seven minutes. So Ooh, we, man, we this? better get it done quick. Let's talk. Let's talk a little fishing. You wanted to go? Yeah, that's Press cool. Forward. Like a little couple, you know, uh, right. uh, do. Um, you want to get after it? Yeah, do uh, do you know lures and? Uh, I'll get there. And, I want to share one story before we get there. All right, all right. That's uh, sorry, cool. last one, last one, everyone. Uh, but last point about the shaming thing. So I'm having lunch at Snoopy's uh, with Lowell Odom, Jay Watkins, Cliff Webb, and. Cliff Webb was telling a story, um, and he's kind of same mentality, man. He had kind of a set of set guy living on his boat, and he's back at the dock, and he's not cleaning a bunch of fish, and that's kind of where, you know, it's kind of like a measuring contest, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, other guests and guides are like, man, look at Cliff Webb. He ain't cleaning a bunch of fish. He's not on them or whatever it is. And Cliff's killing them. I mean, he's killing them. His, his clients are happy. He's killing them. Um, and so anyone, anyway, one of them confronts him about it and says, dude, um, what's, what's the matter, man? You ain't been killing them. He's like, uh, uh, I've been on some fish. He's like, yeah, right. And he goes, okay, I'll see you back here tomorrow. So he goes fishing the next day. He comes back and he's like, he came back with like a slap full loaded hundred quart ice chest, just full of big trout. And he goes, damn, dude, why'd you kill all them fish? He goes, your friggin' mouth killed all them fish, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, man, just, you know, he's he's like, again, I did it out of spite for that dude right there. Uh, and so, man, it, it just doesn't do any good to kind of take that approach uh, and just be, again, kind of, man, let people do their thing, right? Yeah, the me- so, the measuring contest uh, is, um, is, is, is one of those things where it's like, man, you know, uh, once it quit, it quits become once you catch once you catch enough fish and you've and you've been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not that important anymore. No. You know, uh, I actually had a customer or uh, not a customer, a guy uh, who kind of did a little scouting with me for my uh, tournament. We got this coming up this weekend. Ask me, say, say, man, one. How many fish like is a is a good guide trip for you or whatever? And I said, man, I don't measure a guide trip on how many fish I catch. You know, like that's not that's not what it, what a guide yeah. trip is about to me. You know, it's about having it's about entertaining 
my cu- you know, Clients, my customers. Yeah. Are they happy? And uh, in making it a making it a special uh, special occasion or a special memory for them. It's it's not about it's not about it's not about back Ziploc bags of fish. You know, I've, I uh, that 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 part of it kind of kind of kills kills me a little bit. And um, where where people have that mentality. Well, well, did you get your limit today? You know, yeah. man, it's like, man, you know, that's that's not what it's about. It's about it's about having a good, yeah, good experience. I provide an experience yeah. uh, as a charter captain. You know, um, of course. So, so all right, if people were to book you, uh, what could they experience? Right? I mean, what what are they? What's the expectation? How are you fishing? And so let's get into that fishing portion, right? I mean, so man, so uh, fishing, fishing wise, man, yeah. I'm broad with fish. You know, we're talking about a, we're talking on a speckled trout show uh, right here, but redfish, we don't care about this. <laughs> but uh, but man, as far as species go, man, I have I'm a nut just about fish. I'm catching. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw like two years ago, right before COVID hit, I caught a dugum yellowfin tuna out of my bay boat, you know. I didn't see that. Uh I've gotten into sword fishing. I've got no like kidding. an offshore side to my uh side to my business these days. So we're like sword fishing and bottom fishing, deep dropping, um, catching uh, you know, tuna, wahoo, dolphin, all those kind of things. And then uh and then inshore wise I'm just a nut about catching uh blackfish you know triple tail and um and ling cobia we mm-hmm. call it we call yep. them cobia uh, ling in alabama yep. we catch a lot of those in the uh throughout usually that's kind of like a later fall kind of fishery but um but i'm always i'm always on those trout's tails man i'm just right behind them all the time you know because we know you're talking about like uh uh, stunts earlier was talking about they'll they'll do like trying to do 18 miles in one yeah. day i believe it joker them they got a tail and they know how to use it because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like they're there one day and gone the next you know and so um i uh that's one thing i i'm uh i guess you know i guess maybe i've been diagnosed as add don't have very <laughs> very much patience for anything that's great for a trout fisherman in my opinion because you can just uh when you're when you're searching for fish it's you know Getting an area you got some confidence in, and bam, 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 just like yeah. run and gun till you find them, you know, which is usually a bunch of fun when you got some customers with you, you yeah. know, you're trying to put a bunch of fish over the side. So, how do you prefer to catch them? Like, what, what do you like artificial? So, if it was just me, man, like, uh, I, you know, my favorite thing in the world to do is wade. I'm so jealous of what you guys have down in Texas because y'all wade, uh, Everything. year, year, yeah. year round. Um, um, I, you know, I don't know that we could catch them waiting year round in in our fishery. We have a what I would call a deep water fishery, you know, like y'all's deepest water down that way is like what I don't know. Well, it's Gal- Galveston's probably the deepest complex. Yeah, well that that's kind of like a mirror yeah. image of Mobile Bay, but down like down um, Laguna Madre, Baffin, I think it's like, all that stuff, five six feet, it's like your deepest yeah. water, you know. Right. Like our deep water's like in the middle of the ship channel. It's fifty something feet, you <laughs> yeah. know, and like the average depth of Mobile Bay is twelve foot. So, uh, I don't know, all of our fish in the, this time of year in the winter congregate in all the tidal, tidal rivers and whatnot, but wading's my favorite thing, kind of going like March into, into early summer through June, and once it gets hot, we start doing a lot of boat fishing, but uh, wading, with, wading with artificial lures is my favorite thing in the world to do. Okay. Um, that's, that's my passion. 
Down South Lures has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now, and it's easy to see why. From their four inch Southern Shad, to their much larger DSL Supermodel, to the three inch Burner Shad, their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal. Better yet, they're actually made here in the USA as well. So support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go check out the hashtag swims in a fall action of a Down South floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Real Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas angler for years. Located here in Texas, they make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps, really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at stinkypantsfishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I wanna welcome Waterloo Rods as our season three's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a carbon mag, an HP light, or a slam mag, or their salinity series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Mirror Lure is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the Mirror Mullet or the Top Dog, even their soft plastic lineup, as well as the Paul Brown series Fat Boys. These lures have been trusted by many anglers across the Gulf Coast and beyond. So next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite, remember, tie on a Mirror Lure and turn on the bite. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky are back again for season three sponsors and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors, which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast have been producing for decades. So whether it's a Double D or a Fat Boy Floater, and Plum Nasty, Texas Turnip, just to name a few, remember next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. Now I know uh, I know you know Uncle uh, Uncle Joey Uncle Joey oh and, yeah and I, I obviously listen to you guys in Alabama Fishing Report and, and knowing Joey and and y'all's relationship and and obviously knowing Bobby Aberscato and and seeing watching him throw those but man slick lures you know and 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 you guys really pounding those uh, and and catching a lot of fish on those is that kind of general style uh, do you throw any like quirky fat boys or you know any of that style or or is like the slick lure Man, just something about it, you know? Man, so before we found the Slick Lure, I threw a multitude of different things. Um, I was throwing a lot of sinking mirror lures, mm -hmm. a lot of crankbaits, lip, lip thing, you know, lip baits, uh, some rattle traps, um, things of that nature. And once we found the Slick Lure and we started testing it against some of the traditional lures that we were throwing before. No comparison. I haven't, I, I honestly, I, I don't, the only hard baits I own these days are top waters, okay. you know, um, where I would throw any of those other things. I'm throwing a slick, uh, throwing a slick. Weighted or? Yeah, weighted. Okay. I, I don't fit, 
I, I rarely, I actually, I, I won't even say rarely. I won't even, I won't even, I won't even fib. I don't, I, I throw everything weighted. Okay. Um, just for our water depth that we have around here, I'm throw that weighted. And that, that weighted hook, that beast hook only comes two ways, weighted and unweighted. You yeah. know, it's eighth ounce or no weight. Okay. Um, yep. It only comes two ways. So I, I always throw it weighted and, um, man, I don't know what it is about that thing, but I just love it. Um, and, uh, and I've just gotten to where I hate lures with treble hooks, you know, yeah. I just feel like they like to tear out and whatnot, man. And you still lose a few fish on that slick lure, man. But once you stick one with that beast hook, yeah. uh, that joker digs in, it's got such a great big gap on it. Um, man, they rarely come you, off. You throw and, a lot of soft plastics too, or? Um, I'm getting to, uh, yeah, I do a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, what, what you guys call tails on yeah. the show, you know, grub, what do we call grubs? Right. Um, uh, for sure. Throw a lot of grubs, especially like this time of year, those fish get in this deep water. Um, like we have a river, you know, a mobile river up right in downtown mobile is a lot of deep water fishing. Uh, a lot of it relates to what, uh, Chaz Champagne has talked about on, on, on here where you're fishing that you know, 12 to 25 foot of water, mm -hmm. um, using some real heavy, heavy grubs and, and Jake really, Hansen. oh yeah. And, uh, man, everything, everything he was, uh, on the episode you had him on there, uh, last year, year before last, it's like, man, I'm like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. do the same thing over here in Mobile, you know, uh, with that jigging and watching your line and the rod length and the, having the gear ratio and it's real and all that. Uh, relates a lot. I, we we really like doing a lot of that kind of fishing. Yeah. Certain times, you know, you get you get uh, depending on rainfall and salinity. You know, some some years that kind of fishing's hot, and other years it's not. You know, it yeah. hadn't been past couple of years. We had a lot of a lot of rain, a lot of upstate rain, a lot of fresh water coming down. Yeah, makes it tough. So Mobile Bay and the Mobile Delta. What, what rivers are those? Tennis? Uh, well, you got there. Well, the Delta consists of five rivers. Okay. you know, and then there's uh, and that's the lower part, you know, we'll say like from the, from Mobile, about 30 miles north is where like what you call the Delta, where there's a bunch of rivers all kind of coming down to Mobile Bay and they come up to one and then it's the, the Alabama river. And then you have the, the Tennessee Tom Bigby okay. and those two come together and then dump into the Mobile river. And, uh, <clears throat> that's changed fishing a lot over the years. Um, so that Tennessee Tom Bigby goes all the way up to Mississippi to the Mississippi River. And there's a lot more water these days coming down that and and flooding out that delta. And yeah. it's uh it's changed it's changed for the for the bad quite a bit up there. We we hadn't had like a real good like what I call delta bite in I mean it's been a minute. No like kidding. Four, 13, 14, you know, 2013, okay. 14. That was about the last years where like we really caught them good up there in the fall and the winter. Hmm. It's been real fresh. See, but it's weird because the Mississippi River is pretty low right now. Uh, that we're doesn't high, correlate. It's super high. We're high over here right now, but we did just have a front come through. Okay. Um, so if it rains kind of mid in the middle part of the state, it yeah, is kind of Yeah, that's it. Like Birmingham, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if it's Birmingham and south, get a bunch of rain, it floods that whole area. But then again, we have some unexpected just flooding or, or fresh water come down out of nowhere that's coming out of that that ten time you know mm -hmm. the Tennessee Tom Bigby yeah Bigby side of it that uh that it kind of it 
kind of sucks because it's uh it's not natural stuff yeah. you know there won't be any rainfall and then all of a sudden we'll get a slug of fresh water down and changes everything and it's, it's not natural and i'm so against you know things like that like yeah. they're about to dredge the ship channel in mobile bay make it deeper and wider and it's gonna it's gonna mess up the flow and hmm. um and change things a lot I, i'm uh you look at the corps of engineers as a whole in my opinion they've really they've really wrecked a lot of things He's looking at Louisiana. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm that's like, like side-eyeing a, over here. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm with you, man. But so, like, if you were to target, and you've caught some really big trout uh, in in Mobile uh, or really the, the Alabama fisheries, uh, what is kind of like your preferred time to do that? I always, uh, man, I really love the winter. I can't really ever nail down a month in the winter. I'd say it's, it's probably rainfall specific, right? It can be. It can be. It seems like December every year, I always stick a, several pigs, you know, like 26-inch-plus fish yeah. in December. February can be really good, hit or miss sometimes. Uh, but really like, um, you know, that kind of April, late April through the first part of June, you know, <laughs> April, April, I'd say April, April and May are probably two of my – big fish months yeah you know as far as that goes um as far as, far as like like i said yeah. big giant big giants go it's gonna be what, what are some bigger fish that either you or bobby i mean have seen or heard or kind of some legends of lower alabama if you will man you don't hear like of uh you don't hear like these uh around here a lot of i mean it's just rare for the for the like the the 30 inch 30, fish yeah. to show up around mobile bay i, I would say i catch a bunch of like fish up to 26 inches and a few over um our fish um compared to like your texas fish and your florida fish are really thick we have just really um they're big round footballs whereas you look at some of these pictures of the of the you know either side of us yeah. their 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 bellies are kind of soft or whatever you know and you hold ours up man and they're like the 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 fish stands up on your hand you know uh tall yeah they yeah they're just they're they're thick and i that's got to do with with their diet um, Mm -hmm. a bunch i'm sure uh whatever their primary diet is we catch a lot of fish on on shrimp but there's also like a really good mullet and pogie population around a lot too i think those pogies we've always seen that with the redfish tournaments over oh, the yeah. days you find those fish around those pogies that are always footballs and we have a lot of pogies um in mobile bay and all this deep water yeah. that we have around here so um i want to i i probably um i remember one fish that i didn't um that i didn't measure didn't weigh didn't do anything that i caught on a out on the uh, on the Gulf Beach, and I actually hooked the fish on the lure, and I handed it to this five year old, this five year old kid, kind of right right as the sun was getting down, and he was reeling it in. I could tell he's having trouble with it. But I was like, man, he's only five, you know, whatever. And I see the fish roll up, and he's gi- you know, gigantic, barely fits in the net, and uh, got out of the net, got the lure out, and uh, let him take a picture. And the only thing I could think to do is let the fish go. That's all I wanted yeah, to yeah. do, you know. Um, I used to say years ago, man, all I, if I ever catch an eight-pounder, I'm going to put it on the wall. You know, that was like eight years ago, seven, yeah, seven yeah. eight years ago, you know, and I think I caught four or five that size, and I was never, 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 never oh, iced boy. one to to do like a skin mount. You know, I always thought that would be real pretty to do a skin mount on something, but I've, 
I don't know. I'm always uh, always Let's letting them go. Things, but yeah. you know, 26, 28 inch fish is, a, is is what I'd consider like the upper end of what we're gonna do. You feel hear a he, few stories every once in a while of uh, of some guys catching like he you know he Kelly caught that that one that yeah. was almost 10 pounds and uh, a few here or there uh, where they get a little bit bigger than that. But not not near the consistency down there. Yeah. Uh, that y'all have in but Texas. I mean, y'all do have a really, really solid trout fishery, though. Yeah. I mean, y'all and y'all have some sticks, like we talked about before, with you know redfish tournaments and stuff like that, and in a battle of the grubs, and you always kind of see, you know, kind of these perpetual names that always come to the top, and uh, that's a that's a really cool format. I like that. Mm, man. You, you want to talk? So I know a little bit about the battle of the grubs. So uh, super cool format, actually. I. I would invite anybody else listening from various states to maybe adopt uh, this because I had a chance to talk to uh, the ACFA and, and uh, Alabama Coastal Fishing Association, That's I right. think. And so you all have a lot of different kind of groups, if you will. And it, I think it showcases how, uh, I guess, in, invested all the anglers are into having a healthy trout or just a fishery in general. So. Uh, explain to everyone a little bit about the Battle of the Grubs, and that's that's big. That's big. That's big deal. Oh yeah, so Battle of the Grubs, man. That's that's uh that's uh that's Bobcat and I's. That's our that's our favorite thing. This is our favorite time of the year. This is like our fish Christmas. You know what I yeah. mean? Is like December through uh, through March, and uh, it's been this this year is year thirty of it, and it's not it's it's not a function of the. Alabama Coastal Fishermen Association, but it, it there's a bunch of guys that are, that are in it that fish okay. it, and it kind of started out uh, the st- as the story goes. It started out um, with a couple of guys who uh, just were kind of talking smack and uh, were like, "Man, you know, you can't catch them in the wintertime." Blah blah blah. You know this, yeah. that, and the other. And before you knew it, they they had a tournament, and then it evolved into you know maybe one or two tournaments. Now it's four tournaments a year. And it's uh, we have it starts in December, we have one in January, February, and March, and uh, it's your best five trout. Um, and then of course, in tune with our limits, uh, you can have two oversized fish, and uh, and then three slot fish. Um, back in the day, it used to be ten. Damn, it used to be ten trout. Damn, yeah, ten trout per team. And uh, Bobcat always tell me the old stories before I started fishing it. You know, yeah. uh, he'd tell me some stories about those ten fish deals back in the day. But um, it's fun, man. We we I mean, it's it's the most diehard guys. It's artificial only. Artificial only. Um, you know, we. You can like certain style of of lure. No, yeah, any you, any okay. artificial, just no nothing natural, nothing no no natural style bait, no yeah. live bait or dead bait or anything like that. It's all artificial. You can kind of go wherever you want. Um, I don't think there are any boundaries uh, per the rules, and uh, it's you know sun up till about. We usually weigh in at four o'clock or something like that, and uh, it's uh there's there's like i said it's a series so there's four of them and then they have a team of the year format where you can um you uh you get points based on every tournament and uh your team of the year points are based on three you, okay. you know your yeah, three yeah, you can kind of best three one. out of four yeah um abro and i've been we've been we've, we've been really we've been very fortunate to do as well as we have since they've started the the team 
the uh, the team of the year. I think we've won four out of five uh, five years. It's been it's been we've been we've been <laughs> we've been I don't know lucky, good, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know. But it's God, it's so much fun. We just get tickled to death to do these things. I'm a nervous wreck right now thinking about what we're going. Oh, to Oh, is it tomorrow? Oh yeah, we got one in the morning. Oh, so well. uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck about where we're going to end up. If the fish are going to bite or not. If we make the right decisions, you know, I got a hundred things floating around in my mind about that. But uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be good weather. Oh yeah, weather's going to be yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a good a blessing that's a, and a curse. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, we were talking about that the other day. Uh, the the way our fishery works over here in the wintertime, these fish pile up in these tidal rivers. And the thing is, is that, you know, like tomorrow is going to be really pretty and really nice. going to be like a lot of guys out just pleasure riding and yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of traffic on the water and whatnot, which is going to make fishing kind of tough. We usually like it when it's like Nasty, the high, yeah. the high is going to be about 43 degrees and it's going to be raining or something or blowing 20 knots or something, you know, like we like those days when the daggum weather's terrible. And I've heard, I've heard some other guys on here talk about uh, on, on your, um, uh, it might be Watkins was talking. Oh yeah, Jay Watkins was talking about taking his sons, his kids fishing, and how they had to go fishing on the bad days, oh, you yeah. know, because they canceled charters and whatnot. And I swear to you, man, those bad days when it's overcast and raining, you got a front coming through or something. Those are the days the fish chew. You know, that's those are the days I look forward to with trout fishing. You know, when yeah. you got some sure enough terrible conditions and fishing in that stuff is kind of you know you almost start laughing about it at a certain point because it's so bad but man it, it uh usually pans out you know pretty pretty nicely yeah. at the end of it yeah i guess it's it's um um uh, the more ridiculous it is i guess mm -hmm. yeah like the the it almost seems like uh, when you do get bit, because the expectation, I mean, you have lower expectations, but like in that extreme, that's what I was looking for, that word, um, in extreme conditions like that, uh, when you do get a bite, it's always, it typically always seems big. So it's like on the extreme days, the bites could be extreme. Oh, and yeah. I can tell you, I mean, um, yeah, two of my 30s that I've caught uh, came on absolutely treacherous days. Yep. Uh, number one, actually, yeah, number one and number four came on just absolutely hor horrific days. Yep. Like wind blowing, um, all the things that you described. And you're almost to the point where you're like packing it up and you just keep grinding, almost kind of going through the motions at that point. All of a sudden it's like, oh my God, this happened. One and of the best, when I was actually just talking about this uh, the other day, uh, one of the best guide trips I ever had. I don't remember what year it was, you know, probably three or four years ago. Um, it was one of those early kind of, kind of early summer days where we had still had like a cold front coming through mm -hmm. and we knew the front was coming through and we went wading on the West end of Dolphin Island and I, my, 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 my guys were just tickled to death with how many fish I'd made them let go. Cause they were wanting to keep some fish and I wouldn't let them keep anything bigger, you know, about two or three pounds or whatever for the stringer fish. And I think they got to like 30, they were like, man, we let 30 fish over four pounds go and, uh, or three or over three pounds go. And, uh, I mean, had several like 25, 26 inch yeah. fish. And literally we got back in the boat. You could see the wall coming at us of the, 
of the front and got back in and I had to find a um I had to find something to clean the fish underneath because I'd been out in the rain, you know, yeah. where that pressure, that pressure was dropping. I always love those days when the, you know, oh, yeah. you got dropping pressure all day. Yeah. So number five, my last one, um, in the picture, it's bluebird, but it, um, where I set the photo up and took the picture, it's bluebird behind me. But what I'm staring at, it looks like Armageddon. Big man. wall of hate oh, coming dude, at you. It huh? is. But, <laughs> Like you, that's man. That's when they bite, man. I live, I'm telling I live you, for dude, those days, and it's funny. I'll see some folks out in in various areas uh, that I've seen before, kind of you know waiting or hitting a stretch or something like that. And they're like, "I knew you'd be out here." <laughs> I'm like, "Man, Same. for trout, for trout fishing, it's it's enjoyable to be out on those bluebird days when it's not blowing or anything like that. Oh, those yeah. are like terrible conditions, man. I can't stand it. Like, absolutely cannot stand it." When I'm fishing somewhere and there's not a breath of wind and it's slicked off the whole way around. Which is interesting because y'all are a tidal fishery. Yeah, I it, can't stand it when it's slicked off like that. Now, it'll work in tide and deep water, yeah, yeah. but I, I really don't even like fish. Like when I'm in guide mode, like in, uh, like I will just say spring through fall. Yeah. Um, I don't really like doing that deep water stuff um, so much. I really like staying in shallow water all year. And that slicked off stuff to me, uh, especially when the water cleans up some, I just feel like the, those trout are just such visual feeders. They can see everything, you know. They and feel, too. Just yeah. pressure, presence. That's right. There's, I always tell no – this, you know. this is one thing I always tell people about that slicked off stuff. You know, it's like you think about uh, sitting on your back porch at your buddy's house around the pool, you know, and there's nobody in the pool. Or anything you could read a book on the bottom of the pool in 10 foot of water right and one person jumps in the pool and there's a little bit of wave action you look at the bottom of the pool there's all that wavy stuff yeah, yeah, going on yeah. on the bottom it breaks up everything underneath the surface when 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 those shadow because there's shadows is yeah. all it is and i feel like that i feel like that's exactly what's happening is they're just such visual feeders they can see so good and when you get that that slicked off stuff Man, they they shut down sometimes. Mm. All the fish shut down sometimes. Not even you're not even getting little fish bit sometimes uh, when it's like that. So mm. I like those I like those terrible conditions, yeah. especially when it's raining or foggy. Oh, man, I fog. get oh. I get jacked up to go. I get jacked up to go on those days. Yeah. You always know you're gonna get a good one. Yeah, uh, fog. I mean, low low sky conditions, hundred uh, percent. Right. I mean, I'm all on board with that. Even rain, I love. Probably if I you know. I, if I could dial up the best day, yep. low fifties, maybe water temps, mid fifties, a uh, little bit of spit and rain, um, you know, which means you probably got a wind maybe between at 12 and 18 miles an hour. Just it's measurable. Oh, I mean, yeah. at the end of it, you're like just a waterlogged limp noodle. That's probably pretty <laughs> chilly, you know, and you're like, damn, I mean, you're looking at your hands and your hands are like, like you've been in a bathtub for like three yep. years, you know? Um, I'm jealous of you guys that get to do all that wade fishing during that oh, you know, dude, during that time of year. I, man, we just are the way our the way the lay of the land is over here over in Alabama. It yeah. just it doesn't it doesn't quite quite do it. I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty there's some opportunities. I just hadn't figured them out yet. Dude, seriously though, and I know it's off to Joey. Um, oh gosh, uh, Joey Gates and and talking to him. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, dude, get your butt over here. And Josh did more. Uh, just get over uh come see me man and and let's fish and uh, uh invites open to you as well brother so thank you um let's go ahead and wrap it up man i think it's been what an hour and a half ish uh, yeah i've been good we've, talk, we've covered, good. A, lot we've covered a lot dude a lot of water 
a lot of water right in yeah, that yeah, ground. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> no shit. I need another beer too, man. Yeah. Uh, but um, thanks so much, Rich. I pr- appreciate it, man, uh, for being on the podcast, dude. For for being um so supportive. And, and like I meant, and I truly did mean it, man. A dude in a position of influence, a young guy, even though that's been in the seat, using that position of influence to kind of educate yourself. Uh, and in educating kind of your sphere of influence, dude, uh, I think that really sets uh, a benchmark and a precedent uh, for not only the God fleet in Alabama, but hopefully guides and young guides that are here kind of kind of etching their stone in the industry uh, to maybe find what their values are and stick to said values. I think that's how we move forward. You know? That's and it, man. That's forward. it, man. You believe in something, you need to uh... – need to hang on to it and uh and you know like i was saying earlier about big fish you know big trout and redfish and stuff i probably lost a lot of business over the years but i really believe in it you know what i'm what i'm doing and uh got a lot a lot of a lot of info to back it up and that's what you got to do man don't 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 put don't put a dollar sign on a fish you know what i mean as far as as guides and stuff guys who are listening to us who are guides don't don't ever let somebody put a dollar sign on a fish, man. That's a, you know, that's not that I have anything against commercial fishing, commercial fishing, but that's, you know, you look at commercial fishing as a whole, guys put a dollar sign on a fish, they'll fish them out. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, I'm with you. That's, it, and even on a recreational side, that's, right? I, to, I agree a hundred percent. You know, a, as a guide, I mean, and, and that's kind of your industry, but even as a recreational dude like me who has no, I don't have a clientele. I don't, but again, um, at the end of the day, you could put a dollar sign, especially speckled truth. I mean, um, we could put dollar signs on these fish and keep in said fish to kind of showcase on social media, whatever it is. But again, hopefully folks know, and, and that's maybe why you're part of and wanting to be and being on the podcast is I think we have the same values, which is using our uh, beliefs in, in, in with good intent and pure intent. Uh, to influence those that we can and and if it's for you awesome if it's not it's okay man that's right uh, but um i'd like to have a fishery around for a while yeah and i know my kids hopefully they would like to enjoy it at me some too. point that's and, what i always think about man is my so, kids man but chris man i really i'm yeah. honored honored absolutely honored to be on here man thank you for having me this is a lot of fun our brother i owe you beer and so <laughs> let's go do that uh for everyone else who's listening up to this point thanks so much i really do appreciate it Always support our sponsors, uh, Down South Lures, Mirror Lure, Texas Custom Lures, Custom Corky, Real Sportswear, um, who am I missing? Carboline, uh, and Stinky Pants Fishing. So, again, man, show them some love. They make this thing happen. And uh, until next time, guys, always remember, take what you need and release the rest. Tight lines, and God bless. Yeah.